0: This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. Here's Kathy White.
1: Good morning. It's 32 degrees at 9.04. The forecast for today, mostly cloudy and a high in the mid-40s. Area emergency services officials are reporting only a few minor crashes resulting from the first measurable snow of the season, and most of those were reported early on in the event. Snow began to fall in the Twin Tiers by late afternoon and became rather heavy in the greater Binghamton area by about 6 p.m. Accumulations of an inch or two in some areas reported. Road crews were out treating the streets and highways, concentrating on the usual problem spots in the higher elevations and on ramps and bridges. New York State Electric and Gas earlier today had reported a few customers in Delaware and Tioga counties without power. It wasn't clear if that was due to the heavy, wet snow on the branches and power lines or some other issues. Power has been restored. The forecast for the rest of the week and into the weekend for the Twin Tiers so far is calling for no significant weather events. Unlike western New York where residents in Buffalo have been given the heads up, they could be in for several feet of lake effect snow for the weekend. A Tioga County man is scheduled to be sentenced in March after admitting he attempted to meet a child in Broome County for a planned sexual encounter. Federal prosecutors say 33-year-old Joseph Swansboro pleaded guilty to attempted enticement of a minor for exchanging sexually explicit online messages with an undercover officer posing as a 10-year-old child and attempting to meet in Broom County for a tryst. Swansboro admitted that between September and October of 2021, he communicated with the undercover officer, then traveled to Broome County from his home in Tioga County with the intent of engaging in sexual acts with whom he thought was the child. When he was arrested upon arrival at the arranged Broome County rendezvous, he had candy that he had promised to bring the 10-year-old. Under the plea agreement, Swansboro faces 10 years to up to life in prison, a fine of up to $250,000, a term of supervised release of five years to life, and he'll be required to register as a sex offender. WMBF First News Time, 9.06. The Binghamton City School District is holding a recruitment fair this week to try to fill a number of vacant positions. The personnel office is actively looking for substitute teachers, teachers, teaching assistants, and aides. A news release from the district says they're particularly looking to fill three positions to support the new street addiction program that was recently announced by Binghamton Mayor Jared Cram. The candidates for those roles should have a professional and or educational background in social work or human development and experience in working with at-risk children and families. The recruitment fair will be held tomorrow from 1.30 to 5 p.m. in the Binghamton High School main lobby. People interested in job opportunities in the school district can visit the employment page at BinghamtonCitySchools.org. WMBF News Time 907. Well, speaking of Binghamton City Schools, UHS School-Based Health Center at the Benjamin Franklin Elementary School in the Binghamton City School District is being recognized for efforts to increase human papillomavirus vaccination rates in the Southern Tier. The program was given the HPV Honor Roll Award in a ceremony at Binghamton General Hospital yesterday. The Broome County Health Department and the Community Cancer Prevention in Action Program, along with Healthcare Association of New York State, announced that award. The UHS Center at Benjamin Franklin is one of two practices in the region posting the largest percent point increases in HPV vaccinations in the region. Young people can be prevent, protected from six cancers if they receive the HPV vaccination, including cancers of the cervix and throat. WMBF News Time 908. Hey. The 66-year-old ward of Westmoreland County became the first female majority leader of the chamber last year. She will succeed Senator Jake Corman of Center County. He's finishing a 24-year Senate career after a failed run for governor. Freshman senator Joe Pittman of Indiana County was picked by Republicans to succeed Ward as the GOP's majority leader. Republicans will have a 28 to 22 majority in the Pennsylvania Senate. WMBF NewsTime 909
2: Hey, it's Dana Cortez, and I'm married to DJ Automatic. When it comes to big life decisions, having options is something I value for our family, especially when it comes to saving money. That's why I love State Farm.
3: State Farm knows everyone has a budget, and they've got options like insuring your car and your home, getting you great rates on both, or they can help personalize your policy with options so that you can get a surprisingly great rate.
2: I love that option. Saving money, that's what it's all about, so we bundle our home and our car. So for surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm
1: is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. The WMBF Twin Tiers forecast, mostly cloudy today, a high in the mid-40s. Partly cloudy tonight, a low in the upper 20s. Tomorrow, partly sunny, a 50% chance of a mix of rain and snow throughout the day. Little or no snow accumulation is expected. A windy day for tomorrow with wind gusts as high as 22 miles per hour, a high in the low 40s. Friday, partly sunny, a high in the mid to upper 30s. Saturday, mostly sunny, a high in the mid-30s. And Sunday, partly sunny, a 30% chance of snow showers and a high again only in the mid-30s. Currently, it is 32 in Binghamton. It's 11 past 9, where news breaks first. News Radio, 1290, WMBF, WMBF WMBF.com,
4: and 92.1 FM. News Radio.
3: Joseph Live, Wednesday morning, November 16th, 2022. Phone lines are now open. For you, the home viewer, 607-772-1290. Although if you're viewing elsewhere, perhaps in your car, at the office, or in court, you certainly are welcome to call us. It's not just open to home viewers, all viewers.
4: In a crowd, in city, I- Cover on the edge, I'm leaving the Faces stare across at me With eyes that look but cannot see Out of reach, out of love, stepping out of bounds Every day it's tomorrow and I never know what's going to be Every day it's tomorrow and
3: And a good morning to you. Welcome to the Big Broadcast. As promised, as I revealed in the major announcements Tuesday morning, I am here. Despite the snow, despite the ice, despite the fog, despite slippery road conditions, I managed to prevail and make it here to the radio station at the beautiful WNBF Tower. And uh, ready to accept the calls, ready to review your emails. Certain emails, in fact, may be right on the air. So if you submit an email, please remember spelling counts. Also, punctuation. Punctuation is sometimes overlooked by those who are in a hurry to send an important message to their favorite broadcast program. So, punctuation, spelling, Capitalization is another thing that sometimes doesn't occur to the average person. So uh, consider those things. Remember, of course, every email submitted to Bob at WNBF.com becomes property of Townsquare Media and may be used in whatever way the company wants to use it. It becomes uh, basically, I guess, our property. You won't be compensated. You know, if you have, perchance, an original idea, um, you can share it. I guess if we use it, we'll give you credit, maybe. But, uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be, uh, the property of Town Square Media in perpetuity, so. Does that mean you're going to save it? Hmm, maybe. If it's good, we'll save it. If it's not that good, we still will save it, but, you know. You know, you know. Now, as for the weather, everybody is talking about the weather, and as usual, nobody can do a thing about it. But uh, indeed, there has been snow. There has been snow, and I I hope you've managed to cope with the snow, the first snow of the season, which, of course, the media, when I say the media, I mean radio, TV, newspaper, Online websites, everybody can't get enough of the weather. Now, more than ever, the weather is important to you. That's why we devote so much time on this program to the weather. We know, we know there's one thing no matter what your age might be, no matter what your lot in life, whether you're a farmer or a digital executive, you're interested in the weather. And that's why we give you so much weather. Here's the official forecast from the National Weather Service. Mostly cloudy today with a slight chance of rain and snow this morning. High 45. Calm winds becoming west 5 to 8 miles per hour this afternoon. Chance of precipitation is 20%. Tonight, partly cloudy, low 28. Tomorrow, partly sunny with a chance of showers in the afternoon. High 41. And right now, in downtown Marina City, it's... By the way, what does that mean? Marina City. Where exactly is Marina City? And why why do I love it so? 36 right now in Binghamton. And News Radio, WNBF. Taking a look at some of the news besides the weather, of course. Weather. I guess if you're interested in the weather, you can certainly look out. can certainly look out the window and see. Uh, Big news, the big story, and action news, the um, bricks. We knew, we were promised, bricks. And now, WNBF delivers with the uh, appropriate details. So for those of you who would like one or two bricks from the IBM Country Club, you are, in fact, in luck. Uh, Former IBM, Endicott, and Oswego employees and their families are About to get a chance to own a piece of history. The uh, Thick as a Brick Day will be held tomorrow at the old IBM Country Club complex off Watson Boulevard. Of course, the guys are still in the process of tearing it down. project that may take another four or five weeks. They are making substantial progress. If you want all the details about how to get your own personal brick... Check out the website, WNBF.com. I know you're going to say, but Bob, why does it have to be so complicated? Because this is a very serious issue. I mean, These aren't plain bricks. These are iconic bricks from the historic IBM Country Club. So see all the details there at WNBF.com. Uh, my favorite personal website. Or is it my personal favorite website? I don't know. I don't know. Not in a position, really, to say. It's 917 WNBF on the cutting edge of the news of the day. Here's something you might be interested in if you're looking for a vehicle. place you should start is over at Miller Motors on the Parkway in Vestal. They're conveniently located right across from the university. The... uh, Highly touted Binghamton University. Well, if you go to the university main entrance, you're going to be precious. You're going to be very close, very, very close to the entrance of Miller Auto Team. You'll be able to see it. Look for the sign. 4455 Vestal Parkway East. If you're looking for a new Honda, a new Hyundai, or perhaps a late model used vehicle, Miller Motors is the place. You can get more info on the website, Miller millerautoteam.com. Com. Again, that's MillerAutoTeam.com. Check it out. They have the details, including some featured vehicles in the used inventory. Look at this, a 2019 Honda Pilot EXL, all-wheel drive, SUV, under 32. That's what you need on these snowy Wednesday mornings. That way you can get to your radio show right on time. Check out Miller Motors. You can stop by in person. They're open today till 6. And get more info, of course, online. MillerAutoTeam.com. Miller Motors. They've been serving you for years. Investal. It's 919. This is Bob Joseph. News Radio. WNBF 92.1 FM. 1290 AM. And always available on the free WNBF app. Hello, I'm Mike. Corner for the week on News Radio WNBF 923. Bob Joseph live. Uh, one of the other stories that has uh, received a lot of uh, buzz in the area was the um, expose on that secret little park in Binghamton. The park that uh, one of our listeners, she told me. In fact, she's the one who told me about the park. That is the best kept secret in Binghamton. So. Of course, I had to look into it. Now, in fairness, I had uh, passed this park on occasion previously when I was out in a boot in the uh, region. But I didn't know anything about it, and one of the great things about it is, for some reason... Even though it's a city park, the city can't afford signs to identify it. So it's one of those strange neighborhood parks that exist here in America where the municipality cannot afford to put up signs. So it's a, it's a mystery to me. I know people say, but Bob, don't all city parks have signs? And the answer is no, they don't because the city can't afford signs for every park. The city has too many parks. Let me rephrase that. The city has many parks and not enough money for signage. So this park remains a secret. And I think they maybe it's not a cost thing. Maybe they do it intentionally so no one really knows that it's a park. So they can keep it their little secret. And of course, now that it's at WNBF.com, now everybody on the planet, 8 billion people strong, might see this story and then suddenly go to the park there, Union Park, up on Mount Prospect. So they see the story, they see the beautiful pictures and the video and the history, and then suddenly it's overrun and it becomes more popular than Room County's Otzeningo Park. So it's actually pretty darn close to downtown, so the next thing you know, a lot of people from downtown Binghamton, people like me, are going to be up there all the time and bringing our friends and bringing that type of crowd. So anyway, take a look at the pictures. Yeah, it's a nice, tranquil park. At least it was until we told everybody where it was. And again, there are no signs. You wouldn't know. There's no way to know unless you look at a map. If you see a map, the Google map shows where it is, but even look at the website. The city of Binghamton's website offers no explanation. So anyway, there's, there's your story, kiddos. Well, that's a good story. And we're not kiddos. You're not kiddos. Hmm. All right, doggos. We have a big canine audience. I know Audrey and Daisy are listening right now. They listen intently. And every day when I get home, they give me a review of the daily broadcast. It's 926 News Radio, WNBF.
0: You with the best solutions of your lifetime, the KSO Insurance Weekly Spotlight with Karen Sweet O'Neill on News Radio 1290 WNBF.
3: It's live and local. Karen Sweet O'Neill joins us now on uh, on the line. Hi, hi. What about that snow?
5: Well, you know what? It made it pretty. That's for sure.
3: It that's did. I I, I I went up to the Round Top there in Endicott. And it's so beautiful, the snow. And the other thing is, usually on Roundtop Top and Endicott, when I look toward Vestal, I can see your office over on the Parkway. Uh, and then I can see Westover and Johnson City, and I can almost see into Binghamton. But today, because of the dense fog that's enveloped mm-hmm. Roundtop, it's it's a whole new experience. It reminds me of a very good David Lynch movie. <laughs> <laughs>
5: He
3: did have a good movie. Yes, for sure. Yeah, and we could we could call it uh, his new series on Showtime next summer could be called Round Top. There you go. With all the quirky little things that go on in a fictional community in upstate New York called Endicott. <laughs> he That's, was Twin Peaks, right? Yeah, he did t- Twin Peaks. Uh, he did Lost Highway. He did uh, one of the my favorite movies of all time. Although some people say is a, a bit violent and it does have some violent scenes but it's an interesting storyline is blue velvet
5: oh yeah that's too much for me
3: it, yeah it's mm-hmm. it's intense mm-hmm. I you know I'm I would very. I wouldn't recommend that for adults it's okay for kids and teenagers but if you're an adult <laughs> <Good one. laughs> really I mean kids kids can take that kind of thing but <laughs> people really people over the age of 40 no way mm, no way. way and if you I have any kind sleep. of a health condition heart problem or whatever and that one guy I won't even tell you what I think about that one guy. I'll just say the one guy who is a main character in Blue Velvet, I'll just suffice it to say he appears to me to be troubled. <laughs> just a tad. <laughs> just a tad. <laughs> but that's Dennis Hopper, and he, he, he was a, a wonderful actor. So, Excellent anyway. actor. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, very versatile. So anyway, what's, uh, what's on the agenda this morning?
5: That's on the agenda. Um, uh, One thing I did want to say, though, I was listening to you earlier when you were talking about um, the opportunity that IBM employees and their families can go there tomorrow, you know, at the old IBM Country Club and and take a break. And it reminded me, Bob, of when um, the MacArthur Elementary School on the south side of Binghamton um, was inundated with the floodwaters and they had to take it down and everybody went down there and I mean just family upon family upon family and all the kids and they were watching it and then you know you could go get a brick and I mean it was just it was pretty interesting it was pretty touching and we have a brick Mary has a brick and Michaela next door and Emily and Taylor all her friends because it's a you know it's a souvenir it's a memento from their uh, childhood because the Grammar school's gone. Oh yeah. I think Gary really wanted the, the brick though, Bob, because yeah. yeah, he that was his elementary school.
3: Well, I'm looking at a photo that I snapped at that demolition site almost eight almost nine years ago to the date, November twenty first, twenty thirteen, as the demolition yeah. was being completed and um yeah, I remember because I had oh. taken lots of pictures of course at after the school was inundated in September 2011, never mm-hmm. to be used again. And I right. think that was on the first day of school. It was. Yeah. And then and then of course the students there for a few years had to attend two separate schools, one on Binghamton's west side and one up on right. Hillcrest. Well, plans were developed for the new $80 million MacArthur School, and that turned out to be a beautiful, beautiful edifice.
5: Right. But, I don't um, know if I agree with that, but.
3: Well, um, <laughs> well another thing. about... have done about, a lot better with that oh, one. Oh, wow. Well, let me tell you. you know, I'm, I don't want to pick a fight with the school district. I'm already on their naughty well. list. Here it is, like about a month before Christmas. I'm trying to get on their nice list so they send me like a box of oh, chocolate. So.
5: You don't have enough
3: time. I it. was going to say, <laughs> let's, let's be blunt. Yeah. The damage is done.
5: Well, Mary, that was her last graduating class. They were the last graduating class, sixth or um, fifth grade at MacArthur before
3: yeah, the flood. Yeah. Well, anyway, a lot of memories huh. there. Anyway, so as you mentioned, yeah, okay. uh, so. yeah getting back on track with, uh, especially with mm-hmm. people who used to be associated with uh, IBM here in the Magic Valley. Oh, definitely. These are, yeah, important times.
5: They are important times, and uh, IBM. Uh, came out with a new system for their employees or the retirees and the spouses of retirees and surviving spouses of the retirees. And uh, it's basically a Medicare Advantage PPO group coverage plan. And it's an excellent – there's two offerings within the plan. And the one is very good. It's called the Enhanced Plan. Um, They're asking people that um, currently have HRA benefits, and that's an amount of money – that IBM puts into their coffers um, once a year in January through the VIA system and they get reimbursed for their health care. Well, that's going away December 31st of this year. So that's pretty quick, um, quick notice. So those people, um, and there's a lot of them, and they're asking them to move over to this new group Medicare Advantage PPO by December 16th. So their cutoff, Bob, isn't the seventh; it's the sixteenth, and it's not really a cutoff because they can elongate that through the through the year and through next year because it's a um, it's considered a group Medicare offering. So they have different rules and regulations. So we're bringing people in that are clients and that aren't clients and are now clients, and just um, you know calling them directly and first going over the plans, calling IBM, United Healthcare directly if they indeed want more information and they want that deciphered and if they want to enroll. So we're doing a lot of that work, of course, Bob. And the uh, Medicare beneficiaries that are on, you know, regular Medicare plans, whether it's an Advantage plan or a Supplemental plan, and they have pres- prescription drug coverage, um, their review needs to be done between October 15th and December 7th, so obviously that deadline's coming up even quicker. And we do have some limited spaces available to um, review people's coverage and see if they should stay in the plan they have, or should they move forward? Should they change the plan? And a lot of times they don't have to do a darn thing, and that's when they're really happy, Bob, because they can stay in the plan that they have because it's just as good, and their prescription drug coverage is good. Also, annuity rates—we just wanted to touch on that—they are going incredibly high, and we're talking about fixed annuity rates, and that's when you put a lump sum of money into a an investment vehicle, a fixed rate annuity, and the insurance company says, okay, for the next seven years we will give you five point one five percent on that money. And that's a pretty darn big rate. Because it was going as low as Bob is like one point five. So now it's up to five point one five And if you go lower like a five-year, it's 4.95. If you want to say, "Eh, you know, I'll do it for the next three years. I don't want to go beyond that, and then I'll see what the rates look like, you're looking at a high of 4.6 that you're going to earn on your money guaranteed. So it's part of people's portfolio, especially if they're retired and they've had some big hits in the market, you know, and they say, I can't make that money up. I'm I'm not young enough to make that money up, and they want a little bit more security. Talk to your financial advisor, see what their rates are. And if you prefer CDs, the CD rates are excellent as well, whether it's Visions, MT, NBT. So anyway, you know, it's, there's a lot of ways to, um, you know, manage this volatility in the market. And that's a couple of the ways to do it, to have a set fixed interest rate in your portfolio.
3: Well, I think it's lovely that there are so many fine options.
5: It is lovely because, hey, let's face it. You want your money to last as long as you do.
3: Yeah, I, I have my doubts. I, I had a, <laughs> my doctor; she told me, with with your current state of health, you're liable to live to be 119. And I'm thinking, but that's mm. not that's not what I've planned for. I've planned, you know, maybe to live till about 97. But if I'm going to live to 119, you know, there's there's a question about the final 12 years where. Where will I get cash? Will I have to go back to work as a one hundred nine year old or one hundred ten year old talk show host? I mean, I don't know if that'll be, be in limited. vogue. Yeah. yeah. You you could be limited. Well, maybe yeah. on maybe on W O L D. Remember Harry Chapin had a song like that on old radio, W-O-L-D. O-W-O-L-D. Yeah. He was oh. the morning DJ there. Uh, was he? He claimed. So he said. I have my doubts, but, you know, would Harry Chapin? He was, good, he was he was a good storyteller. He he certainly was. Remember his thing with the bananas? They had a truck down in Scranton, Pennsylvania, and it was loaded with a million tons of bananas, and the truck lost its brakes on that road into Scranton, Pennsylvania, and it, it turned into moosh. Uh, bananas all over the place. And Harry moosh. Chapin, well, okay, mush, you know. It's an endocotism. It. You say mush, I say moosh. So, um, but anyway, he wrote a song about it, and, you know, to this day, to this day, I can't eat a banana because I think of all that moosh. What song is that?
5: Are you full of it? No. Or that no, it's serious? actually
3: 50,000 pounds of bananas. Hold on a second. It's now that I brought it up, now I have to give you the... You have the, to play it. Oh, I will. I'll, t- I'll tell you what I, I will as... As a bonus to you, coming right up after the break in a moment, I will play that song. It was actually thirty thousand pounds of bananas. Thirty thousand
5: pounds. I bet you Gary knows it. Well he's more of a music buff. Oh, than I you. bet he does. i pretty good though. But yeah, I don't I don't know that.
3: Uh-huh. But by the way, it, it was based on a real truck crash that happened in Scranton in nineteen sixty five, and sadly the driver of the truck he was heading down that a road, I think it they call it Route three oh seven. I don't know. I know where you
5: mean. Yeah. Right.
3: It's that steep road and if you're driving a truck with thirty thousand pounds of bananas with bad brakes, as they say in the town of Union, it's not gonna end well. And um it didn't. Oh
5: you were full of it this morning. <laughs> yeah. So it was <laughs> Music Street,
3: you know? Music uh-huh. Street. So he uh, he's trucking in late one afternoon. And sadly the guy is uh, thirty three. He's about to deliver the 30,000 pounds of bananas to the A&P warehouse on Scranton South Side. And sadly, the truck lost its brakes, and it created um, carnage. And a, excuse, pardon my French, it was moosh. Bananas moosh all over the place. And um, miraculously, by the way, they say, even though the truck driver knew he probably wasn't going to survive this, he He steered his truck in such a way to prevent it from striking other vehicles, and and he probably saved lives, even though ultimately he died in the crash. But that that really became a Harry Chapin song, 30,000 pounds of bananas. And I'll tell you what, if you stay tuned, in a few moments you'll be able to hear uh, the beginning of that. Just the beginning, because it's a very long song, but uh, anyway... For for your edification. Anyway, now if people want to get in touch with Karen Sweet O'Neill, what's the best way?
5: Oh, there's several ways. They can give us a call. We are at 607, of course, 772-4898. They can Google us at KSO Insurance, and all our contact information comes up. Or, uh, Bob, they can simply go to a phone book. We have a big display ad under insurance in the yellow pages. We are up on the Parkway, 1708 Vestal Parkway East, up above Plato's Closet in Style Encore. And uh, we're taking limited um, limited appointments, so it's time to call if you haven't.
3: Now is the time. By the mm-hmm. way, um, the uh, song about the bananas in the crash, that, that won't be coming right up, but it will come up be, before 10 o'clock. So if you're tuned in be, between now and 10 o'clock, you'll be able to hear it.
5: Very good. All right. All
3: right. All right. Okay. Well, this this program is full service. Well, it is. I understand. Yeah, that. and it's available at a regular price. I mean, for all we deliver, we super serve our listeners and viewers, and for all that, we charge just standard prices.
5: I'm telling you, you are a bargain, Betty,
3: over there. Yep, but wait till next year when we switch over to WNBF Plus and people are forced to pay like five or ten dollars a month, which I believe is still a bargain. Then mm. that's wait a second, that's not going to happen. That can't happen, no. can
5: it? I was going to say that's
3: not true. No that doesn't that doesn't have the ring of truth. That would be only if our company was interested in higher revenue. No. Wait a You're... second. Now I'm confused. <laughs> WNBF Plus. Uh huh. Huh. Well, you know what? The next time I'm talking to the guy who runs this place, I'm going to mention it to him. And then I'll get a gold star because if we implement WNBF Plus in 2023, I guarantee we'll see a significant revenue increase. I'm not saying put everything on WNBF Plus, just the very best local programming. Hmm. hmm. See okay, how it worked for CNN? That. CNN Plus operated for about three days before it had to be unplugged. Anyway, Karen, always a pleasure. Hope you have a great day. I hope you do, too. Thanks, Bob. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. It's 941 Bob Joseph, WNBF, WNBF WNBF.com. There is no WNBF+. Not yet, anyway. at at 944, Ron in Binghamton. Good morning. You're on the air.
2: Good morning. Uh, say, be, besides the Harry Chapin thing, you know, there was a really um, popular song going back, oh, 80, 100 years almost. Yes, we have no bananas. It was number one on the charts for five weeks back
3: then. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I remember that uh, weekend when Casey Kasem was doing the countdown, and I I was I was shocked I was shocked that it made it all the way to the top of the charts. Of course, back yeah. then it was America's American Top 100. And then, because the songs kept getting longer and longer, Casey Kasem trimmed it down to American Top 40.
2: And how can we forget Merv Griffin? When he was a crooner, he had a song called um, a lovely bunch of coconuts. Had, I have... Uh, a lovely bunch of coconut. There's another one. Uh, the, the fruit idea. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you hey. know, for a uh, short time in my life, I worked for Merv. Did you? Yeah, because he owned the station the uh, as a as a radio boy over at uh, the Big E in Endicott, and they also had a station called the Merv. Their FM station yeah. was called the Merv. 105, the Merv. He named I it. Yeah, he named it for himself, and I always thought. Gee, what kind of person actually has such a big ego that he would name stuff for himself? And sure enough, it was the Merv. Oh, goodness. Thanks for the lead in here. (laughs) Thank you. There's no off position on the genius switch. Anyway, to to today's topic.
2: Yes, yes. Well, uh, it's how a political figure can go from being the top story To a footnote, another way of saying it is being damned with faint praise. I direct you, Bob, to today's cover of the New York Post, which at the bottom has a line which says Florida man makes announcement.
3: That intrigued me. In fact, I tweeted that because I thought that's intriguing because just a few months ago that Rupert Murdoch Publication was infatuated with the Guy, and now, apparently, uh, apparently the love the love is lost. But the more important thing, as you page into uh, page 26, past all the uh, gore and crime of New York City, the typical tabloid fare. So, if you make it to page 26, they've got a let's see, one, two, three, four, five paragraph story. It looks like it's about. 120 words. the headline is been there Don that and it's not even there's no byline. it just it it's attributed at the bottom it says post staff report. Listen to this report. I wasn't going to read this but it's short enough and it's it's comprehensive in a way that the New York Post, um can specialize in this this actually does the story better more justice than a much longer story in the times of new york Here's the story on page 26 of the New York Post. With just 720 days to go before the next election, a Florida retiree made the surprise announcement Tuesday night that he was running for president. In a move no political pundit saw coming, avid golfer Donald J. Trump kicked things off at Mar-a-Lago, his resort and classified documents library. Trump, famous for gold-plated lobbies and for firing people on reality television, will be 78 in 2024. If elected, Trump would tie Joe Biden as the oldest president to take office. His cholesterol levels are unknown, but his favorite food is a charred steak with ketchup. He has stated that his qualifications for office include <laughs> include being a stable genius. I almost made it through the whole thing without laughing. Then the final sentence. Trump also served as the 45th president, attributed to a post-staff report.
2: <laughs> wow. So, so is that any way to treat a person who is going to bring this country back to its glorious days? Is that any way to? to
3: I didn't know, say it's the right way. It's definitely one way. It's definitely yeah. one. It's definitely one way to make his head explode. I wonder if that's going to be televised or if that's going to be on pay-per-view. If his head explodes, as Sean Hannity would say, and and Hannity this afternoon will be, of course, beside himself, as he usually is these days. And um, Hannity is likely to say, this treatment, the the treatment of the 45th president as someone who is now totally irrelevant, is going to literally make his head explode. and. And, of course, Sean Hannity, as always, or not always, I've heard him use literally correctly two or three times over the last 20 years, but usually he doesn't appreciate what literally means because, seriously, and not that anyone would want to see this, but if if anyone's, say, if a former president's head was literally going to explode, you know, it certainly would get a lot of clicks on YouTube,
2: yeah, and and where is the comedian, uh, the, w- w- the guy who smashes the uh, watermelons? Uh, he just died. The, 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 yes, I know. Yeah,
3: and, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, when, when we need him most, Gallagher is no longer with us. Yeah,
2: yeah. And by He's the way,
3: speaking of that, uh, when I learned over the weekend that sadly uh, the smash hit comedian Gallagher had uh, left this uh this life i i tweeted a picture from when he was here in the studio and ironically or perhaps not when uh, gallagher was in the studio the picture that i saved and this is from 2016 i'm trying to find it oh anyway so it was um gallagher displaying his new trump donald trump hairdo so isn't that ironic and and Hello? that was that was uh There was a picture that we posted on over the weekend. I mean, it was, I thought it was funny, but nobody else did.
2: You know, Bob, um, precedent here in in the 20th century and the 21st century. So for the last um, 122 years, we've only had one person who was a candidate for president of a major party who lost in the election, who came back to become president. Only one, and that's Richard Nixon. And uh, Richard Nixon, if you remember, in in 62, uh, after he lost to Kennedy in 60, in 62 he ran for governor of California, and he he lost to Edmund Brown. And uh, he made that statement to the press that you're not going to have Nixon to kick around anymore um we I thought maybe Donald Trump was gonna make a statement like that and exit the playing field but
3: well I was no. as I said on the uh, broadcast on Tuesday I I had this gut feeling that he was gonna toy with us and spend 30 40 50 minutes uh with a compelling speech and then at, in the final minute after we thought he was finally going to pull the trigger and say, so I'm running again, America, look out, look out, Joe Biden. And I, I really thought there was a very strong possibility he would surprise me and you and even all of his advisors, even who's was his uh, wife, Melanie. She uh, would be surprised, too, when he announced, so I've decided to uh, spend a few more weeks Weighing the possibility of another run. And then we go through the whole thing again in December, like on Christmas Eve or something. But
2: yeah, you
6: know, you know, to,
3: know, to his credit, to his credit, he didn't pull a stunt like that.
2: Well, indicative of how he's being forgotten is that you referred to his wife as Melanie. So you've forgotten her already.
3: Who so could I mean. forget? They printed her pictures on the front page of the New York Post. You know, that was that was another New York Post exclusive. They got hold of Melanie's pictures, and again, you know, who am I to judge? I make no judgments about pictures. I'm just saying it struck me as troubling that Rupert Murdoch's New York Post, some people said those pictures were published with um, the former guy's approval, even though they were salacious. I mean, they were interesting, but still, is that the sort of thing it should be on the front page of a family newspaper
2: well you you know what Rupert's doing too he's got a double attack on trump he's got the post to attack him viscerally and he's got the wall street journal to in- attack him mentally uh you know yeah but like the thing his, the uh,
3: strange thing is you probably noticed on the front page of the wall street journal today they at least put the Story of his low energy announcement above the fold. The yeah. New York Times put it almost uh, they could have given it sort of the New York Post treatment, but even the New York Times isn't that crass. So they did put it on the front page, but they put it as a single column headline in the lower right corner below the fold. And because I was thinking last night, how are they going to do this? Because I thought, I knew, or not knew, I surmised they would give it just a single column headline, but I still thought it would be above the fold. And they, they actually, so that's, that actually is worse for him, because he pays attention to the post. So, I don't know. It's, it's, it's very, very sad to go from the most powerful person on the planet to being almost completely irrelevant. 955 Bob Joseph live WNBF. Even though people... Anyway, that was uh, Harry Chapin. He went into excruciating detail about what happened in March 1965 when the uh, big truck loaded with the bananas uh, lost its brakes. So It was terrible. It was terrible. I'm looking at the front page of the Scranton Tribune from March 19th, 1965 huge headline. City man killed as truck runs away. And it shows the wrecked banana truck. It says, end of trail for death truck. It said the driver of this tractor trailer was killed at about 5.15 p.m. Thursday when his out-of-control rig raced Pell-Mell down the wrong side of Music Street. It struck this house and pulled apart and upset.
0: Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. Here's Kathy White.
1: Good morning. It's still 32 at 10.04. Wind's picked up, though. However, we've got a 10-mile-an-hour wind out of the west. Makes it feel about like 24 degrees. The forecast today, mostly cloudy and a high getting into the mid-40s. Just what no one wanted to hear a week before the start of the holiday season, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention County-by-County Tracking of Community Transmission of COVID-19 is showing parts of the twin tiers back at the high transmission risk levels. Areas where there are larger numbers of cases of COVID-19 spreading through the general population rather than in car compartmentalized settings like group homes or family units, it's recommended that people wear masks indoors in public again. The CDC county-by-county webpage also says residents should stay up-to-date with COVID-19 vaccines, get tested if they have symptoms and advises. Additional precautions may be needed for people at high risk for severe illness. Broome and Tioga counties in the southern tier and Bradford and Susquehanna counties in Pennsylvania are listed by the CDC now as high risk for community transmission. Shenango County and Delaware County in New York are listed as low community transmission risk, while Cortland County is listed as medium. In Pennsylvania, Wayne County is listed medium. And even in medium risk areas, residents are advised to wear a mask and take other precautions if they are at higher risk for severe illness. The COVID-19 numbers reported November 15th show Broom County with 34 new cases from Monday and another resident had died, bringing the death toll to 580. Broom also had reported three deaths in the November 14 update. Shenango County reported three additional deaths in the Tuesday update for a total of 133. And Cortland County had another death blamed on the pandemic, bringing their total to 131. WMBF Newstime 1006. A Binghamton woman will spend five years in prison and report for parole for five years after getting out of jail for attacking a Johnson City resident with a hammer after she and another woman forced their way into an apartment on St. Charles Street earlier this year. News accounts at the time report 32-year-old Amanda Hoyt was arrested on January 31st along with 25-year-old Shamira Hauer of Binghamton in the January 27th attack that left a woman injured. Johnson City Police said at the time they believed Hoyt and Hauer had forced their way into the home and around 9.30 that Thursday night hit the woman inside with a bat and a hammer before choking her. The pair was believed to have stolen a phone and a wallet in the incident before they fled the scene. The pair was tracked down by detectives and charged with burglary and assault. The woman who had been attacked was taken to the hospital for treatment of her injuries. The Broome County District Attorney's Office says Hoyt pleaded guilty to a count of violent felony attempted burglary. The statement from the District Attorney had related that Hoyt had apparently argued with the victim during the course of the attack, which an investigator had said lasted a couple of minutes. Hoyt's plea to a violent felony count comes as the incident last January was not her first serious run-in with the law. The district attorney said she had been convicted of felony attempted robbery in 2015 in Broome County. Shamira Hauer was sentenced in September to two years in prison after pleading guilty in June to one count of felony assault in connection with that incident. WMBF News Time, 10.08. The Binghamton City School District is backing off apparently from an idea of closing an elementary school building. During a live-streamed meeting of the Board of Education yesterday, district officials heard from some families weighing in on what the officials had laid out for consideration, dealing with declining enrollment numbers and rising costs. Some of those commenting on the feasibility study said they did not see where there would be a substantial cost-saving enjoyed by the closing of a school, most likely the Woodrow Wilson Elementary School. Information provided to residents outlined challenges with classroom sizes, underutilized space, and staffing in the district. Board of Education President Brian Whalen said Horace Mann Elementary School enrollment had fallen 11.6% over three years between 2016 and 2019. The Roosevelt School student population shrank even more at a 14.3% drop. Still, as board members heard the comments and looked over the numbers, consensus was reached that no one wanted to close one of the seven schools. The district will take the direction to look for grants and other funding to renovate the Roosevelt Elementary School while continuing to keep tabs on enrollment numbers the reduction in the number of active buildings however is never entirely off the table wmbf news time 10 the wmbf twin tiers forecast today mostly cloudy behind the mid 40s partly cloudy tonight a low in the upper 30s turning more windy for tomorrow A chance of rain and snow showers in the afternoon at 50%, otherwise partly sunny. Winds gusting as high as 22 miles an hour and a high in the low 40s. And it starts to get a little more chilly as we head into the weekend. Friday, partly sunny, a high in the mid to upper 30s. Winds steady up to 13 miles an hour. Saturday, mostly sunny, a high in the mid 30s. And Sunday, partly sunny 30% 30% chance of snow showers and the mid-30s currently 32 in Binghamton it's ten eleven. where news breaks first, news radio 1290 WMBF, WMBF.com and 92.1 FM
4: WMBF
3: uh, Bob Joseph live on WNBF. Seriously, folks, live. In Living Keller on NBSF. 607-772-1290 is the hotline. If you wish to discuss hot topics, call in now. 607-772-1290. Let's see what else is going on here in uh, Binghamton and vicinity. Of course, the big story, the big story in Action News still is the, uh, the snow. And uh, this is just a taste. I uh, consulted with some experts, and they tell me they believe this is just a taste of what we can expect over the next six months here in the Binghamton area. So if you enjoyed this little dollop of snow across the twin tiers, you're going to really get a kick out of what we experience about a month from now. Remember what happened? When was that? December 20th? December 19th? Something in 2020. That's The details escape me now, but it seemed that it was about 44 inches of snow. So the way things, with all this climate change and global warming that's going on, uh, way it looks now is we could be in for a fantastically snowy winter. And that's good news for skiers. That's good news for skiers. Good news for the uh, people who plow because that'll mean more overtime. If you plow for one of the major uh, plowing entities, the DOT or the PennDOT, I always wish we had... Uh, a nice name for our Department of Transportation. D-O-T sounds so eh, clunky. I like PennDOT. That's what they have in Pennsylvania. They have PennDOT. We have D-O-T. Anyway, they could call it NIDOT, but that it doesn't sound right either. So, anyway, hopefully uh, you enjoyed the uh, little bit of uh, snow and slush Overnight. I know I did. Of course, I managed to somehow make it into the uh, WNBF Broadcast Tower today, despite the adverse travel conditions. In fact, even before I went to the WNBF Tower in downtown Binghamton, I made a side trip over to Roundtop. I mentioned that previously because it looks so beautiful. I know a little bit of snow, plus the fog this morning. It uh, did have that surreal, surreal feel. So I put that little video up. It's 90 seconds of beauty. Nature's beauty. It almost seems now here in uh, WNBF land, it almost feels like Park Week because I wound up going to the Union Park and enjoying that with a view in some ways uh, somewhat similar to Round Top that's what actually just occurs to me now they put up a, a viewing platform at Round Top and Endicott now that we've discovered Union Park in Binghamton which is just a little bit north of Route 17 maybe they could put in some sort of similar viewing thing there at the union park in the first ward so people could enjoy that i think that'd be a great idea that way you would have a and they'd have to clear out a few trees and that way you could have sort of a panoramic view You could look ah uh, over there there's downtown binghamton there's that 18 story tower filled with dioxin, and then over there, oh, there's the WNBF tower, and over there across the way in the town of Binghamton, Broadcast Hill, with all those giant sticks with flashing bulbs, so, and then you could look over Travestal and Johnson City, and I think that's a capital idea, but I don't think there's money in the city budget to do that, I would find money. That would be an initiative. That would be it'd be an interesting initiative to come up with so people could actually have a nice viewing stand of the Susquehanna River Valley from Union Park. It's 1017 and by the way, notice in the story Notice the story at WNBF.com with the pictures and the videos. Notice how it doesn't mention anything about Prospect Mountain. I thought that was interesting. There's no reference in that story about Union Park in the first ward near Conti Court and Ridge Road. Makes no reference at all to Prospect Mountain. I'm Bob Joseph live on News Radio, WNBF 92 1 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming at WNBF.com. When I ask. Add- Twenty-one. Bob Joseph, live from News Radio WNBF. 607-772-1290 is the number. Elon Musk still trying to figure out what to do with his prized possession called the Twitter. Um, As of 1021 a.m. on November 16th, the Twitter is still operating. He hasn't managed to drive it into the ground yet, but he still has plenty of opportunities. The latest from the Twitter watch that never stops, according to Washington Post online, he has issued an ultimatum to the staff. Commit to hardcore Twitter or take severance. The story out of San Francisco, according to the Washington Post, this piece by Faiz Siddiqui and Jeremy Merrill. It says, Elon Musk this morning has issued an ultimatum to Twitter employees. Commit to a new hardcore Twitter or leave the company with severance pay. Employees were told they had to sign a pledge to stay on with the company. The email said, if you are sure that you want to be part of the new Twitter, please click yes on the link below. And then it links to an online form and it says those who don't sign the pledge by 5 p.m. tomorrow will wind up with 3 months of severance pay. In the midnight email obtained by the Washington Post, Mr. Musk said Twitter will need to be extremely hardcore going forward. He said this will mean working long hours at high intensity. Only exceptional performance will constitute a passing grade. Sounds like sounds like what we have here already. At WNBF, working long hours at high intensity, only exceptional performance will constitute a passing grade. So apparently he's taking a page from the WNBF manual. The pledge email paired with a new policy mandating a return to the office is expected to lead to even more attrition at a company whose staff Musk had already reduced by half. Mr. Musk said Twitter would be more of an engineer-driven operation going forward, and while the design and product management areas would still be important and report to him, he said those writing great code will constitute the majority of our team and have the greatest sway. I was discussing this with an engineer friend of mine and wondering about the type of people who would be willing to go to work for Elon Musk at Twitter, other engineers. And while the challenges certainly are great, if you sign up, if you have certain skills and certain talents that might be useful to Twitter going forward, also the work environment might be unacceptable to some. Some people would thrive on it. Some younger engineers and other people with tech savvy, maybe in their 20s and 30s, they might be able to tolerate that kind of environment working for Mr. Musk. On the other hand, some people, especially people who are looking for a little bit of stability in their lives, those people probably wouldn't want to put up with it you know, for working for a guy who might fire you in the next 10 minutes for no Apparent reason. So we'll see what he does with Twitter. Um, obviously, there are big problems at Twitter, and those predated Elon Musk. I don't, I still don't believe Twitter ever really made a profit. So it's one of those things that defies logic why the richest guy in the world would want to blow billions of his own money on this sort of thing. But, hey, it's his money. It's his money, his life. Good luck. What else is going on here as we look through our stack of stuff? Hmm. Oh! NASA. And this is good news. Uh, history has been made as America heads back to the moon for the first time in five decades. NASA launched a mission early this morning from Florida with the agency's most powerful rocket kicking off what is supposed to be about a month-long test mission to the moon and back. Space Launch System, SLS, lifted off with a capsule that will not land on the moon, but rather go around it. There are no astronauts on board, and NASA wants to make sure it can go safely into orbit around the moon and return to Earth before sending human guinea pigs. NASA's Exploration Ground Systems Manager, Mike Bolger, was pretty enthusiastic after this early morning event I would say it was very enthusiastic what an amazing day and what an amazing launch oh uh, yeah I saw a uh, snippet of the video and uh, so we'll see what happens you know, back to the moon Alice today
0: we got to witness the world's most powerful rocket take the earth by its edges and shake the wicked out of it and it was quite a sight That's quite a say.
3: That was Mike Serafin. He is the mission manager. Let's play that again, because I find that construct very interesting, where he said, we got to witness the rocket take the Earth by its edges and shake the wicked out of it.
0: Today we got to witness the world's most powerful rocket take the Earth by its edges and shake the wicked out of it. And it was quite a sight. <laughs> it, it was. was. Sight.
3: It was quite a sight. I've never seen anything take the earth by its edges and shake the wicked out of it. So, of course, of course, it's unusual. 1028 WNBF. Let's go to the phones at 607-772-1290. Rich in Brackney. Good morning.
7: Morning, Bob. Uh, this is calling about the other day. I went to order some kerosene for my furnace for the heating system they told me their truck company told me they couldn't even get no kerosene so i had a 100 gallon tank on my pickup truck i went down to get it filled up down there at the gas station they told me they got a 20 limit 20 gallon limit on kerosene now that's at seven dollars a gallon now back last year it was only 2.99 but so seven dollars so you got to drive around 100 gallon tank you got to drive around five different stations in order to get 20 gallons each one at 140 bucks for every 20 gallons. And uh, home heating fuel is almost the same price, five fifty almost $6 a gallon.
3: Yeah, and, it's uh, outrageous.
7: Say, well, it's a portion everybody that burn wood again. A lot of people in the country are burning wood now. So there you are heading back to all the unclean energy, you know, dirty atmosphere from the smoke from the stoves and everything. So you're trying to... Stop one thing and you just started something else because you shut down the energy industry. All the pipelines and everything for natural gas are shut down. we got a lot of natural gas around here. They should be piping that out to the other country instead of doing it holding it up and everything and not putting any new pipelines. So I'm just happy that the former guys, they're running for president again.
3: Yeah, that'll make it better. But in the meantime, what are you going to do this winter when you don't have enough kerosene to heat your home?
7: Well, that's why everybody's going to have that problem. Even the price is outrageous, $7 a gallon. Some places it's at $8 a gallon. But why is it so well, high? Well, because they shut down a lot of the drilling. All the reserves in Alaska, we got more oil up there than Saudi Arabia has. You can't drill there. You can't drill the Gulf of Mexico. All these guys, because I talk to a lot of these guys that are frackers and oil drillers, and they're out of a job. A lot of them are.
3: Why? Why are they out of a job? I thought they're still they, going to be frac. Leases. I thought it was going to be fracking and madness in Pennsylvania. What? What happened?
7: Those pipelines are full. Can't go anywhere with it. Well,
3: put them on they a truck. Down. Do do like XNG does and put put the put all that great gas in a truck and ship it up the highway.
7: They are shipping a lot of it more than what they can handle on a road. And you got all that more truck traffic. That's why a pipeline is so much better. Put the pipeline in the ground. You don't
3: yeah, have to I remember. It. One time they had a truck. He was he, he smashed into a deer up here uh, near Binghamton on the interstate. They had to shut down the highway for hours because it was a truck loaded with the uh, natural gas from Pennsylvania. Remember that?
7: Oh, I remember. It was up there on the, up there in a the concrete undercut up there on the east yeah. going towards that way. Yeah. Yes. So uh, it's not it's not practical to haul by tractor. No, I know. I,
3: I well, I mean, I know they are doing what they can, but you're right. Pipelines, baby. Pipelines, well, I, pipelines will serve America.
7: Yeah, that we got two of them coming down to our vessels from the 1930-1940.
3: Yeah, what happens yes, when really, I'll tell you what. What what happens when one of those babies ruptures and spills uh, thousands and thousands of gallons of petroleum throughout the fruited well, plain. we
7: fortunate that, all oh, those two pipelines coming from Philly all those years, and how many, 30s and 40s, never broke yet. Yeah, it's
3: anymore. only a matter of time. There was a time when one of them crossed over to the, um, you know where Sunny right Binghamton is? Sunny Binghamton. Sunny Binghamton. Yeah. They had uh, a pipeline, and about uh, a little over 50 years ago, the pipeline that crossed through the campus in Vestal, ruptured, and it spilled thousands of gallons of delicious gasoline, and they had to evacuate the, the campus because all that delicious gasoline spilled from the pipeline. Yeah. And well, then you're right. You it, were going to tell me about the the, the terrible explosion airport. where somebody's, yeah, somebody's house near um, the Broome County airport. The airport. Yes, yep. on a Saturday. It, yep. it blew up into smithereens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that happens. But, uh, That's why I don't want to live near a pipeline. I want pipelines, but I don't want my house near one.
7: Well, when you transport it with a truck, it's awful dangerous because you got all those people on the road. Right. always
3: cutting oh. big trucks. Well, I see the way people drive. Don't get me started. Anyway, keep me posted. I'm sorry that you're having uh, big challenges now getting enough kerosene, and, and certainly supply is a big issue. Uh, we're going to have potential shortages not just with kerosene but diesel and maybe even heating oil and who knows if it turns out to be a bad winter as some people believe there could be supply issues with natural gas
7: well there there is going to be up in new england yeah well up there
3: yeah it could ha- it could happen here in in uh, new york and pennsylvania i'm afraid anyway good luck thank you for checking in oh, all right bye bob 9 uh, 33 in chicago 833 in Denver, 733 in Pacific Palisades, and here in Binghamton, it's 1033. This is Bob Joseph live on News Radio, WNBF, and WNBF.com. Finding News Radio 1290, WNBF.
4: 1035,
3: Bob Joseph live on WNBF. Our next guest grew up in Philadelphia, home of um, ABC6 Action News, the Delaware Valley's most wonderful newscast, and therefore I thought it would be uh, appropriate to play their uh, theme song, the Action News theme song that they've been using for, oh, almost half a century. Joined now by Dennis James. Good morning.
8: Hi. Yeah, I recognized it immediately, and I thought that it was your theme song, and I thought, oh, that's cool. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Wouldn't that be funny? If yeah. if I had a theme song like that, listen to this. This is a different version. Is. This is a Little Peppy. I like this one better. It sounds peppy. We
8: used to we used to play that in our high school band. I played cymbals in our marching band and we used to enter the games with that.
3: <laughs> yeah, well I've I've actually seen some video of probably not your high school band, but some high school band in the Philadelphia area because that song is so well known and as I mentioned. Uh, Channel 6, ABC6 Action News has been using it. And interestingly there is sort of a Binghamton connection because our Channel 12 used to have Action News and uh, they were co-owned. Channel 6 in Philadelphia when it was WFIL was owned by the same outfit that owned WNBF TV which was our TV station back in the day. So they actually did have a connection. They used two Different action news themes, but um, they used a lot of the same graphics. So a lot of the things back in the 70s, the uh, primitive graphics and slides that were used by action news in Philadelphia actually were used by action news here in Binghamton, even into the early 80s. I mean, it was fascinating to look at, at some of those newscasts and say, well, that looks the same to me.
8: Yeah, really.
3: <laughs> anyway, uh, this has, uh, strangely enough, this has absolutely nothing to do with why you're on the program, but it's still interesting. Well,
8: there's a connection. Yes, there's there is. Connection. Oh, okay. I'm a theater organist,
3: yep. and I was
8: trained to be a theater organist by a guy who played on the radio and and even made it into television in the 50s, a guy named uh, Melody Mack, uh, Leonard McLean. In Philadelphia, he was the leading organist of the time, and he began his career playing for silent movies in downtown Philadelphia in 1916, and he did it all the way until 1926, 10 years, uh, until sound came to the movies, and uh, he was out of a job. So he went over to radio, and he took uh, up—he was the organist for the Inner Sanctum mystery radio show, and he did that, and then he had his own show called Stump. Melody Mack, that was on the radio and then television in the 1950s. <laughs> so I was stated to be uh, talking to you today. So you said Leonard McClain? <laughs>
3: Leonard That's McClain. Right. I'm That's looking, I'm I just punched up a picture of him. It's there black, you go. Yeah, it's a black and white photo, uh, oh. Getty Images from the 1920s oh. or 30s. And he. Oh, yeah. there's a WCAU CBS microphone, and it says American yeah. radio performer, musician, and inventor. Leonard McLean plays his keyboard instrument, a Fotana. Did you
8: hear yeah, that? Yeah, he f- was always experimenting yeah. with things. Uh, yeah, I remember he had that, uh, an attachment to his piano uh, that was a solo I think a solo box is what they called it. Anyway, he was, always, he was always up front, and he moved right away to the Hammond organ when the Hammond was invented, and the theater organ, pipe organs became sort of curiosities as there was the change over to the sound movies. But luckily here in Binghamton at the Forum Theater, I opened the organ when it was reinstalled in the Forum Theater in 1978. And I played the first concert on it and um, and it's been in use um, uh, under the guidance of the Binghamton Theater Organ Society. And now I play silent movies over there. I'm entering my third year playing uh, silent movies for the bringing back what my own teacher did in the 1920s. And I always like to say... That Leonard had a 10 year career, 1916 to 26. And me in the revival, my first professional appearance was 1967. And here I am in 2023, 53 years, almost later, whatever it is. And um, so I think I've got the better deal. I've gotten 53 years out of that profession.
3: (laughs) Well, that's remarkable. And uh, by the way, for our listeners, You're joining us from the Corning area, from Addison, where you received about an inch of snow overnight. But you're going to be in Binghamton this Sunday afternoon at the Forum Theater. And tell us about the program that is going to take place this Sunday.
8: Sure. We start at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And um, what we do is recreate the days of the 1920s with the live music with the silent films and the king of instruments, the king of them all was the uh, Mikey uh, theater pipe organ. And we have one built by the Robert Morton Organ Company that's installed at the Forum Theater. And so it's one of those few experiences, if you come by at 2 o'clock on Sunday, it's one of those few experiences where you can actually step back in time because we put a movie on the screen, Made in 1922, 100 years ago, called Blood and Sand with Rudolph Valentino. And when we put the movie on the screen, and we turn down the lights in the theater, and then I start to play live the theater pipe organ with the sound coming right out of the walls, everybody who was alive back then tells me it's exactly like stepping into a time capsule because everything's the same. And so we're going to experience silent movies the way they were meant to be with live music. And the movie is Blood and Sand, 1922, stars the Latin lover Rudolph Valentino, and he plays a um, a young Spaniard who wants to become a famous poriador, his character's name is Juan, and he's determined to escape his poverty existence and support his widowed mother, and he rises to national prominence as a bullfighter, and he marries, and then meets, uh he meets a a vamp dona soul played by nita naldi an exotic society woman who seduces him and marks his fall from grace anyway i don't want to give away too much of the plot but it's just a it was a really big popular success of a novel by even a um, spanish novel and um, and they brought it to the screen and so we're going to be showing that and i've got an appropriate spanish music score that i'll be playing throughout
3: Well, I'm looking up the uh, info on on the movie. First of all, it claims that the running time is 80 minutes and that it was released in the U.S. in August 1922. So this is, I think, very interesting that people will be able to see this movie and also hear the music that you'll provide on the 100th anniversary of the um, original version of Blood and Sand.
8: Sure enough, yeah. So, are you going to be coming? We can get your ticket. <laughs> well,
3: I don't know. I may. I'm intrigued. I, you know, oh, yeah. I, I, I have to uh, acknowledge that although we have done a number of features on this program about some of these events at the forum, I actually have not attended myself. So, so maybe it's about oh, time. Oh, you
8: come down. This, yeah, this is a wonderful introduction to the whole art form. It's a flamboyant Hollywood making movie, and uh, Valentina was kind of. Upset, He and his wife, Natasha Rambova, were thinking when he signed the contract to make the movie that they were, of course, going to make it on location in Spain. And they were really looking forward to a holiday while they made the movie. But it turned out they made it all in Hollywood. And then they clipped in little on-site film that they had sent in from Spain of uh, bullfighting stadiums and the like. But they, they actually filmed the whole thing at the studio in Hollywood.
3: Well, if people are interested in obtaining tickets in advance, they can be acquired online at the Binghamton Theatre Organ Society website, which is binghamtontos.org. You can obtain tickets online, or also tickets will be available at the door on Sunday afternoon. This is all scheduled to start at at 2 o'clock. Sounds as though you're really excited about this.
8: I am excited to still be doing this after 53 years. That's probably the greatest motivation that I have now, is that I get to keep doing it. I mean, I've I've had a long career in uh, playing for silent films, and it's been especially interesting in that it's gotten me around the world. I do these with full symphony orchestras, um, and I do them with uh, chamber groups, uh, chamber orchestras, chamber ensembles, And I even played them piano. That's the big legend. They always thought the piano player was improvising in the pits of the movies. But that was actually for the really small rural settings uh, the, the pianists would play. But in the cities like Binghamton, they had these pipe organs. And the music was rehearsed fully because they also had, for the big evening show, they would have an orchestra in the pit that would play along with the organ. And then the organ would play solo for a matinee performance, which is what we'll be doing On Sunday afternoon. You know, um, Valentino was a Latin lover, and he had some opinions about women. And I thought I'd read you a little excerpt, because this is exactly the style of what you'll see if you come down and see Blood and Sand at 2 o'clock. Love is honey. It's a flower. It may be fierce as a tiger lily, but it must be beautiful, delicate, and gentle, too. There are several kinds of women, several kinds of methods of wooing on their part, that are irresistible to me. I love the dainty little woman who plays seriously at being domestic. She fascinates me. And then there's the silent, mysterious woman who fences divinely, who knows silently and secretly the secrets of the coquette, that last art of woman who's always allowing herself opportunity to retreat, who he always at hand, that last weapon of women, surrender. <laughs> you gotta see this. Uh, that's intriguing. It has a theme song. Yeah, it has a theme song. The actual piece was written for the opening of the movie, and I use it as the love theme for the movie. It's called "You Gave Me Your Heart." And uh, a man likes even the bad woman he knows to be good. <laughs> and he, wow. And, yeah, it's a real it's a real potboiler.
3: By the way, I'm uh, looking. Uh, yeah. You you compelled mm-hmm. me to look online and I see one of the things that appears in the Wikipedia entry for Rudolph Valentino yeah. he told a gossip yeah. columnist the women I love don't love me the others don't matter and he claimed that despite his success as a sex symbol that in his personal love life he never achieved happiness the other thing that I didn't realize about Rudolph Valentino is he died at the age of 31
8: yeah, yeah. He uh, got peritonitis. He had a ruptured appendix, as I recall. But he got the peritonitis and died within a, uh, ex- uh, one day after uh, the surgery. He had a sudden attack. He was he was heading over to Europe for a rest uh, after his uh, what turned out to be his last movie, The Son of the Sheik. He made the original Sheik in 1920, and then he made The Son of the Sheik in 26. And he was in New York City, and he was suddenly stricken and. Uh, they, no doctor was willing to uh, even examine him because he was so famous. And so it took an entire, several hours, I think it was like six hours, until they could find a doctor who was willing to look at him. And they immediately put him into surgery, uh, but the just spread through his system and killed him. And, uh, and it was gigantic news. I mean, it, it, I've just been watching the the, the the crown, you know, the story of the, British royalty, and the, and the whole character of this season, of course, is about Lady Diana. And, um, and it was a magnitude of that in America. It was as though it was royalty who passed. And he didn't even get to survive to see the uh, movie that he had just completed. He died before it was released. So, yeah, it's a, a short, but, uh, well, he was born on May 6, 1895 in Costa Netta in uh, Italy, and did you see in the article his full length name? The actual. I poem? did.
3: I yeah. see. I
8: Rodolfo, see. Alfonso, Raphael, Pierre, Fisbert, Guziani, y Valentina, y
3: I love it. I love it. I would like to use that as my air name, but it was already taken (laughs) but here's another thing about what happened during his funeral and this is fascinating too. a hundred thousand people showed up on the streets of manhattan to pay their respects and ultimately things got out of hand suicides of despondent fans were reported windows were smashed as fans tried to get in and an all-day riot erupted more than a hundred mounted police officers and the nypd reserve were used to restore order. Can you imagine if this happened in 2022, that sort of reaction to the death of a star?
8: It was huge. Movies were just at the beginning of the apex of popularity because they didn't have competition. They didn't have the radio serial dramas yet, and of course they didn't have television. So everybody went to the movies, and uh, you had a change of movies every three days in the theaters, and, um, and, and this was a real big hit. He, he he was a big star and uh, nationally prominent and i i think remember reading that uh they kind of predicted that this was going to be crazy and so they actually put a wax uh, figure in a place at the uh, viewing that everybody lined up and filed by the body it wasn't him uh they sent his body off to hollywood to bury him and, and uh yeah, and so so they they kind of knew that it was going to be kind of a scandalous situation.
3: Well, I'm glad and that I'm glad that you. sort of thing no longer happens.
8: Uh, well, I, I'm trying to think. I, I I think it happens overseas. Yeah, but, but yeah, in America we don't have it happen. Yeah,
3: like fortunately, uh, I mean people yeah, get yeah, really. people get wrapped up when we lose uh, a legend, a legendary entertainer or sports figure or some other person who. Who's very well known, famous, but fortunately doesn't usually devolve into that. Anyway, uh, a little. I learned so much just now about Rudolph Valentino. <laughs> now you're
8: going to have to come. And see I will. This. I and if by the way, see.
3: yeah. <laughs> I, I put. I just put it on my calendar. 2 p.m. Sunday. Blood and That's Sand. It. And uh, Dennis James, who we've been speaking with, will provide the live musical accompaniment. The other thing I'm told is that uh, there were plans to um, develop a. Blood and Sand special cocktail at an establishment oh, no, here in downtown Binghamton. It.
8: Did they No, it's not well, we're going we're we're going to serve it, but it's in the if you look it up it's in the cocktail books. Um, movies were associated with film, the one that I remember, I think it was the year before, maybe the year after, but there was a Green Goddess salad dressing that was very popular and it was from a Green Goddess movie starring George Arliss. And in the case of Blood and Sand, well, it was a standard cocktail. I don't have the recipe in front there. I just punched it up. up. I I just punched it up. It includes Scotch (laughs) whiskey. Yeah. Yes.
3: Yes. Scotch whiskey. The red juice of the blood orange in the drink helped link it with the film. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's usually served in a special glass known as the champagne coupe or coupe, I don't know. Its main ingredients include blood orange juice, sweet vermouth, cherry, Yum. hearing, and scotch. To prepare the cocktail, pour and shake all ingredients in a shaker, then double strain the mix in this special glass and garnish with a slice of blood orange. So did or is it true that these cocktails are going to be served on Sunday?
8: Well, not served in the theater, but there's a bar downtown or a new restaurant. Actually, is what I was told. There's a new restaurant downtown, and I'm just looking up the name of it. And we've they've invited the uh, people who come to the movie to get a specially discounted. It's called the um, uh, the
3: Grove. The Grove. It's right uh, across the yeah. It's right across the street from our station. Right?
8: There you go. Yeah. newest cool downtown restaurant. And they're going to be making them at a special discount price. So I'm going to be there. So if uh, you want all right. to chat about the movie after the show, come on over. All right. We're we'll going to be having blood and sand cocktails.
3: Yeah. All right. Well, I'll look forward to uh, chatting with you after uh, Sunday afternoon's performance at the Forum Theater. Again, if people are interested in obtaining tickets, they can go to the Binghamton Theatre, Organ Society website, binghamtontos.org. Dennis, James, a pleasure. Look forward to um, actually experiencing the performance this Sunday afternoon.
8: Oh, that's great. Thanks for uh, help, inviting me to come on the air and talk about it. It's my favorite
3: topic. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. Thank you so much. All righty, bye bye now. Ten fifty four. Bob Joseph, live and local. You're listening to News Radio WNBF ninety two one FM twelve ninety AM, and streaming at WNBF.com. At mass- Radio WNBF Bob Joseph live at 11 Now it's 10 10.58 makes it seem like I want to go home soon when in fact I wish the show would go on for at least 6 or 8 hours today But unfortunately according to the radio guide we're only on till noon and then you know what happens afternoon I turn into a pumpkin now WNBF weather from the National Weather Service. Mostly cloudy today. No snow in the forecast. High today, 42. Cloudy tonight, low 29. No snow in the forecast for tonight. However, partly sunny tomorrow with a chance of rain showers mixing with snow in the afternoon. High 41, but little or no snow accumulation expected. So you plow plow operators can stand down at least for tomorrow. Then the outlook toward the weekend. Partly sunny Friday, high 37. Mostly sunny Saturday, high 34. Partly sunny Sunday with a chance of snow showers, high 34. Right now in downtown Binghamton, it's 37. At news radio coming up next hour more of your phone calls on our Wednesday program with Bob Joseph on news radio WNBF Binghamton 11
0: where news breaks first news radio 1290 WNBF here's Kathy White
1: the National Weather Service is giving us a potential for rain for the rest of today and uh, temperatures into the mid-40s. Area emergency services officials are reporting only a few minor crashes resulting from the first measurable snowfall of the season, and the majority of those were reported early in the event. Snow began to fall in the Twin Tiers by late afternoon and became rather heavy at times in the greater Binghamton area by around 6 p.m., accumulation of an inch or two in some areas. Road crews were out treating the streets and highways, concentrating on the usual problem spots in the higher elevations and on ramps and bridges. New York State Electric and Gas on Wednesday reported only a few customers in Delaware and Tioga counties without power, but it wasn't clear if that was due to the heavy, wet snow on branches and power lines or some other issue. The customers in Tioga County were reportedly restored by around 4 a.m., with the customers in Delaware County and the town of Colchester anticipating their power back on by 8 a.m. The forecast for the rest of the week and into the weekend for the twin tiers so far is calling for no significant weather events. Unlike western New York, where the residents in Buffalo have been placed on notice that they could be in for several feet of lake effect snow for the weekend. A Tioga County man is scheduled to be sentenced in March after admitting he attempted to meet a child in Broome County for a planned sexual encounter. Federal prosecutors say 33-year-old Joseph Swansboro pleaded guilty to attempted enticement of a minor for exchanging sexually explicit online messages with an undercover officer posing as a 10-year-old child and attempting to meet in Broom County for a tryst. Strasbo admitted that the between the September and October of twenty twenty one he communicated with the undercover officer then traveled to Broome County from his home in Tioga County with the intent of engaging in sexual acts with whom he thought was a child. When he was arrested upon arrival at the arranged Broom County rendezvous, he had candy that he had promised to bring to the 10-year-old. Under the plea agreement, Swansboro faces 10 years to up to life in prison, a fine of up to $250,000, and a term of supervised release of five years to life. He would also be required to register as a sex offender. Former IBM, Endicott, and Owego employees and their families are about to have an opportunity to get a piece of their history. A uh, Get a Brick Day is being held Thursday, starting at 11 a.m. at the site of the old Crocker Homestead Country Club complex on Watson Boulevard in the town of Union that has been torn down to make way for a housing project. The agency says each person who shows up will be limited to one or two bricks to ensure that as many people as possible will be able to claim a piece of the iconic country club building when visiting the site to obtain a brick people should use the barton avenue entrance off watson boulevard to enter the parking lot at the southwest corner of the old ibm country club property those seeking a brick should use caution it is an active construction site visitors will be directed by LeChase construction or other workers during their visit Gore construction started demolishing the large country club complex last tuesday the work is expected to take several weeks to complete LeChase and Conifer Realty plan to build a 75-unit apartment building on the site. Groundbreaking for that project is planned for next spring. In news elsewhere around New York State today, authorities say an off-duty Rochester police officer has shot a woman to death, wounded another woman, and then killed herself. The shooting happened Monday evening at a home in Rochester. Police say 29-year-old police officer Tiffany Gatson of Greece shot 27-year-old Angelie Solis and a second woman. They say Gratson then turned the gun on herself. Solis was pronounced dead at the scene. Gatson was taken to a hospital where she died. The remaining victim was treated at at a hospital for non-life-threatening injuries, police say the shooting stemmed from a domestic dispute. The WMBF Twin Tiers forecast 80% chance of rain for today. High in the mid-40s, mostly cloudy tonight, a low around 30. Partly sunny and breezy tomorrow, a 30% chance of rain and snow showers. Little or no snow accumulation. Wind gusts could be as high as 23 miles per hour. The high on Thursday in the low 40s. Friday, partly sunny and a high in the mid to upper 30s. And mostly sunny Saturday, a high in the mid-30s. This is where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com,
4: and 92.1 FM. News Radio 1290, WMBF.
3: Bob Joseph live on a Wednesday morning, 607 772 1290. If you wish to converse. Email Bob at WNBF.com. And a lovely Wednesday to you. It'll be spring soon, no doubts. No doubts. It'll be spring soon, I truly believe. <laughs> I truly believe. I saw something really, really, really nice, and therefore I'll call it to your attention because I think you may enjoy this as much as I did. There's a feature that was posted Tuesday at PressConnects.com, a feature that has a lot of information about Public art in the Binghamton area. And uh, it starts off with the mural that recently was completed right near the WNBF tower uh, above the Rathskeller over on State Street, just south of court. And as you may recall... A few months ago, when Danae Brizonet was doing this with her mom, we actually had her on the program. She popped into the studio and talked a bit. She took a break while she was doing that giant mural here on State Street in Binghamton. So that was interesting, and I was very interested in her story and chatting with her. Fascinating, the murals that she's done over the years. But uh, now, there's even more information, so I, I sort of scratched the surface, I think, with our on-air conversation with Danae, I think it was in August, and then now, Emily Barnes of the Press and Sun Bulletin has gone further and done a, a very, very interesting feature story about the mural and about the artist, Danae Brisonnet, and so if you have access to a computer, maybe you can punch that up on your computer at pressconnects.com. So it's a great feature, and certainly more information than uh, I obtained when I chatted with her during the summer. This is a, a great feature, so thank you, Emily Barnes, for that work. And then thank you as well for something that went even further, a feature that shows dozens and dozens of murals around the Binghamton area. It shows 79 murals of Binghamton's vibrant public art scene. And so it's a nice, it's a very, very nice online feature at PressConnects.com. So if that sounds like the type of thing you'd be interested in and by the way since you listen to this program I can tell you you'll be interested in it Um, check it out check it out and support local journalism because I can tell you a lot of effort a lot of work went into this so commend the Press and Sun Bulletin PressConnects.com and journalist Emily Barnes for doing Excellent work. If I were in the award business, I would give an award. I mean, it's definitely going to win special recognition within Gannett. Probably win special recognition for her efforts, both reporting and the photography, uh, outside Gannett. So I say good work. And check it out for yourself over at the newspaper website pressconnects.com. As they say on the radio, support local journalism. It's eleven fourteen with Bob Joseph. Good morning, WNBF. You're on the air. Where are you calling from, and what's your um, first name? First name is Vinny, and I'm calling from Binghamton. All righty. And what what might be on your mind? Well, I I,
9: I want to talk. Just touch on. Uh, I see the uh, squeaky door hinge is. Uh, thrown his hat into the ring for the uh, being nominated for the President of
3: the United States. I, li- I was listening this morning on WCBS, the uh, 880, what do they call it the 880 yeah. news thing in New York City, and uh, Wayne Cabot, he said, and it was just, you know, it's live radio, so of course anybody could say something like this, but I got such a kick when he, he said... Uh, I think in the six thirty news tease, he said he uh, the Florida guy threw his ring into the hat. <laughs> oh, laugh! I thought oh, I thought I'd bust a yeah. gut, and then he said, "Well, her hat into the ring," and then his uh, his co cohort there, Paul Mernane, said, "Yeah, whatever." Yeah, he threw his he threw his ring into the hat.
9: Well, I'll tell you, it's going to be um, it's going to be interesting, and I think it's going to be predictable. But it might not be predictable about the Republican, um, you know, the debates, because I really believe it's going to be a lot different from the first debate of Republicans running for president. And I think you're going to see somebody that's going to come out and talk truths about him. I think it's going to be really interesting because they're going to say a lot of the things that the Democrats have already said years ago. But I think they're going to come at this guy. And somebody's got to come at him because Bob you, they don't want him the majority well, don't who want does him, but
3: i mean there there is a hardcore fourteen percent of American adults who are not institutionalized who actually want him uh to be the next leader of the free world, but that's not enough it's not enough to to gain another four years in in free accommodations.
9: Yeah. And, and and I think what, you know, and, and and here's the to me, here's the bottom line. I was talking to some people the other day. I said, look, at, Donald Trump's thinking this. He goes, you see those votes that I got against Joe Biden? I lost. But you see those votes? Do you think I'm going to hand this over to anybody? You guys aren't me. I'm the best thing ever. You son of a guns are the most. I and mean, he's proved it. You son of a guns are the most spineless people I've ever seen. I got gotcha. you. Those are my votes. And if you think you're going to come in here and get my votes, you're crazy. I will torch you. I will burn this thing down to the ground. So you better listen, because I'll expose all of you. DeSantis, yeah, you look good down there in Florida, baby. You come on out here. You come on out here to New York. Okay, I'm a New Yorker. You come on out here and start talking that stuff, busting people over here, thinking you're Mr. Big Man. You ain't going to get those votes. And that's the way this guy thinks. I own this party. And it was easy. And he will expose them all. This is Trump. He will expose them all. You either come at me or get out of the way. And that's what I'm going to love because Republican, the Republican Party, you invited this guy in, and you're trying to tell him, okay, you can go home now. He's like, I'm not going anywhere. As a matter of fact, I own this place. And that's what I wish a Democrat would say. A congressman, talk about Donald Trump. Tell him how scared they are. He has proven it over and over and over again. They are afraid of him because he will expose them. Democrats already know it. We know what this guy is. You guys aren't fooling us, and I can't wait to see what has happened. This is what happens, man. You you play with fire. You got it now. And he threw his hat in the ring, and this, man, this <laughs> you ain't you ain't seen nothing. This guy's gonna come at you like you wouldn't believe. So,
3: well, you know the thing. The thing about this guy, you know, he's sort of, kind of interesting in in a twisted way i mm-hmm. think i've used the analogy of of a car wreck you you know you really shouldn't look but how can you not look because it's a car wreck this is politically this may be the biggest the biggest political wreck in the history of the USA today i mean come on you know nobody I mean, we've had some characters in our political uh history of this great land I don't think we've ever had anybody, anybody approaching this guy.
9: But, but Bob, the thing that I tell people, but look at this guy could never survive in the Democratic Party. He wouldn't have a chance. Look at what he's doing over there. Made, you know, assault Mitch McConnell. Okay, goes after his wife. Jeb Bush goes after his wife. Rand Paul. Goes after his hair, okay? Yeah. Uh, Nancy. Oh, she's not my type. This guy has done it over and over and over again. We he would have been long gone down the road if he was in the Democratic Party. He never would have survived. But he can do it over there. He can do it all over there, and they just sit there and they want to say something because you know why? It, look at look at the one that really went up against this guy. Liz Cheney. Look what happened. And was it Montana or wherever the heck they live out? Montana, Wyoming. Oh, Wyoming. At. Yeah. By the way,
3: yeah. you know, it, um, I I can't help but think about how uh, how uh, uh, Carrie Lake. You remember Carrie Lake? Yeah. <laughs> another yeah. another person who no longer is relevant, but just days ago, she was trying to, you know, threaten people in Arizona and even threaten journalists. Let's let's play that tape back even though it's been a little over a week, to uh, back when Carrie Lake was semi-relevant to some people in Arizona. Let's listen to this clip.
5: I am going to not only be the governor of Arizona for four years, I'm going to do two terms, I'm going to be your worst freaking nightmare.
3: So there you go. She was saying she was going to be the worst bleeping nightmare for journalists. And uh, now... One might say, if you want to use that phrase and, and use it more widely, now the former guy, a Florida man, is going to be the worst bleepin' nightmare for the Republican Party.
9: Yeah, yeah. And, Bob, you know, as far as uh, Carrie Lake and like that, you know, uh, Carrie, do, do you, I, I'd ask her, do you remember Sarah Palin? Look at her now. Okay, all you that get out there—it's all about me. I'm gonna change the world. I'm gonna—you can't do it by yourself. And with a rhetoric like that, you're really obviously going to turn off a lot of people. Unless you can get some stuff done, and, and and that's that's part that's that's part of more of the things, Bob, that that kills our society with the young. The young people see this this kind of talk out of a governor. They see this kind of nonsense, and then after a while, what are you going to do? Same thing with Marjorie Green. You're going to see it. Is she doing anything up there? Although she might be in a very, very safe area in Georgia, which I know is very possible where they'll just Well, at
3: least here. for a few oh. more years. You know, um yeah. she's probably in a uh in twenty twenty two, twenty twenty three, at the moment in a very safe part of Georgia, but what folks need to really appreciate, even in Certain states like Georgia, the times mm-hmm. they are a changing Yeah, so yep. she she could uh, conceivably be safe for five years, maybe a decade. She's not going to be safe forever. and that's one of the I think that's one of the tougher lessons that people in this country need to learn the times they are a changing You may not like it and and certainly a lot of the talk you hear, On certain Mm -hmm. radio and TV programs uh, confirms that a lot of people don't like changing times but the thing is you can gnash your teeth you can complain about it on radio and TV and the internet you're not stopping the changes the changes will continue with or without your participation You know, America has always been, the USA has always changed from its inception, and it will continue to change. And there's not a darn thing I can do about it or anyone else. It will change regardless, and either you accept it and work with the new America, or Mm -hmm. you continue to host shows that will be increasingly irrelevant.
9: It, it's true, Bob. And, you know, also, though, i I like to add this. It's changing, but we should try to understand why it's changing and how we got here. Like, I heard the gentleman call a couple couple um, calls about the uh, price of fuel. And I've been talking about this for a good six months because I'm getting sick of talking about it. I'm getting sick of talking about gas prices. So you got to think, what, 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 how does this work? How do we find out that since um, just before Biden got in, um, we've closed 11 refineries in this country. Why, why, why is it that even when Trump was in there, he sent Peter Neverone down to Philadelphia when that refinery exploded. And he took, he got, he's our Peter, I want you to get all the oil barons, so to speak, all the oil, oil CEOs, Shell, Bridgewater, get them together, see if they can fix that refinery. Because Trump knew, too. We got it. Our refineries are down. They're at capacity. They can't hold it. A lot of these things are old and beat up. So he got all these people together. This is under this business thing I was reading. I should sort of wrote it down. Um, and they said they looked at it and they said no. By the time we get that done and the money we put in it, you know, blah blah blah, you know, we get it going, and then all of a sudden you're going to see the prices of fuel come down, and then
3: we won't make that much money. Anymore. Well, and that's the thing, you know, our system does not encourage energy companies which are now continuing to report incredible incredible quarterly profits while people good people like you and me and WNBF listeners are paying some of the highest prices in years for products like gasoline and oil the industry is they're making out like bandits but they refuse to invest in their infrastructure and as uh, in case people didn't realize, the uh, company that ran that Philadelphia refinery ultimately then just declared bankruptcy and said the whole whole darn place was shut down. And there you go. That's and and our gas buddy Patrick Dehan says it almost every time he's on. He'll say it uh, uh, the next time he's on the program. Yeah, there are big factors uh, in the global petroleum market that are are totally beyond the control of the united states you can't really control global oil prices but at the same time whether it's in places like philadelphia or in the state of california if you don't have sufficient refining capacity i mean one of the biggest reasons why people in california are paying exceptionally high prices is because there is not sufficient refining capacity for their state, which has its own specific gasoline formulations. But the uh, the oil companies, they won't invest in sufficient refining capacity. So, guaranteed, there's a one or two dollar surcharge on every gallon of gasoline and diesel that people in California are pumping into their vehicles. Because I believe, because of the short-sightedness of, of the industry and refusing to have sufficient refining capacity.
9: Yeah, and, and Bob, could you ask, I, I've I've heard him on here once. If you could ask him, if you can remember, the next time that he's on, what is this with California? They have a, a different type of refinery. That's why they have to pay more out there. I heard that on the news the other day, and I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. That's why their prices are so high. Because the way they have to refine the gasoline out there in California, it's it's different from the rest of the states. I wonder if he knew anything
3: about that. Oh yeah, he's mentioned it, and it's it's yeah. complicated. It's it's a story that won't lend itself to uh, a quick answer in a radio interview, and and he'll address it. I'll try to remember to ask him about that. But when you get a chance, go to the Google machine and okay. and read some of the stories about reasons for California's high gas prices and okay. because it it yeah. requires you know it didn't happen overnight but it's a complicated picture you know petrol the gasoline and oil industry in the US and around the world is very complex but there are a lot of specific factors in California including something I, don't know exactly what it's referred to. It's almost like a mystery tax or a mystery mystery surcharge. And oil analysts have been trying to figure out why there is this ongoing, persistent, $1, approximately, additional charge in the price of uh, gasoline at the pump in California that can't be explained. You know, some things can be explained about the unique formulation for for California gas because of environmental regulations. So that contributes yeah. to perhaps a dollar or more in the higher price compared to neighboring states. But then there's a mystery that so far, and I just read this within the last few weeks, the mystery remains elusive that oil industry experts can't explain why there's Perhaps another dollar that's being added to gasoline prices, a gallon of gas in California, that based on their understanding of the industry and the marketplace, is not justified. So, yeah. and I don't yeah. know if that's pure greed on the part of, of the oil companies or if it has something to do with the operators of the gas stations or if it's a combination. You know, there, there could be a theory. That because people live in California, they've now become accustomed to much higher prices than the rest of the country, that you can pretty much gouge at will. Because people, it's sort of like what uh, some major U.S. companies allegedly are doing during this inflationary period. They're packing on price increases that are not justified by the cost of... Uh, materials, or even the cost of higher wages. I mean, you figure, yes, people are getting paid more now than they were two or three years ago. And certainly, raw materials are higher. Transportation costs are higher. So those things are are certainly understood. But a lot of uh, consumer product companies are also adding even more to their price increases because they... And, and some executives have acknowledged this in their uh, comments to shareholders, they acknowledge they can get away with it because now we are in this period of expecting higher prices. So yeah. they, they say, yeah. hey, what the heck? People, people uh, have retrained themselves after we went through an extended period of very, very modest price increases. Now is an opportunity, could be over the next year or year and a half, to uh, pad our profits and basically grab more money than we're entitled to, because nobody's mm-hmm. going to call us on it. And that's isn't it. that? I have to say, Vinny, isn't mm-hmm. that a very cynical approach?
9: Well, Bob, again, again, it's greed. We have to, we have to answer to the, um, uh, uh the the shareholders.
3: And, and don't that's don't it. Worry. That's we're that's perception. part of the problem. I mean, don't get me wrong. I I certainly benefit from uh increased stock prices as do many Americans but when I hear about how they're how they're going about um, uh, increasing share value i I think you know I don't I don't want big big uh, share price increases at the expense of our country including some of the people who can least afford it to me that feels unpatriotic yeah yeah all right. Thanks, Vinny. 1131, this is Bob Joseph. What do you think? 607 772 1290. You're listening to News Radio, WNBF one FM, 1290 AM, and always available on the free WNBF app. When I
2: Punch him in the face, I'll tell
3: you. 1134 Bob Joseph live on WNBF. Dave and Festel, good morning.
10: Yeah, good morning. Yeah, we can only hope he punches somebody in the face.
3: Yeah, that, hey. that kind of attitude yeah. will get you 30 yeah. days in the harder hotel.
10: Yeah, but that'd be one less Democrat, and one goes down.
3: That is anyways, sick. That kind of talk I is sick. I, I know you mean that figuratively, but still, but, that 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 kind of talk that seemingly condones violence, that is unacceptable on a family show.
10: Okay. All right, Bob. Uh, I apologize. But anyways, I was sitting there listening to uh, you and uh, your cousin Vinny there, and uh you guys are coming up with every possible way, every blaming every possible thing for the price of gas. Never, n- Neither of you even mentioned the war on foss- fossil fuel by that fossil, Biden. Nobody even talked. You guys didn't even mention it. And that's the main reason. And you guys ignore it. Please explain to us why, Bob.
3: Because it's not a significant factor in the overall price of energy.
10: You believe that? You're just saying that.
3: No, I believe it because it's true.
10: That's not true at all. No. His war on fossil fuel fuel gave the attitude that the oil companies have now. He created that atmosphere, Bob. You're going to deny that?
3: No, the oil companies are probably complicit in the Ex- exceptionally high prices. Now, whether whether the energy companies that have been involved in raising prices over the last several months, whether they've engaged in anything criminal in nature, I can't say. Maybe Tis James or maybe somebody at the federal level will look into it and see whether the pricing trends and the patterns we've observed over the last year or so, whether any laws may have been violated.
10: Okay, so let me get this straight. You and him both do not think anything at all Biden has said or done has anything to do with the price of the gas.
3: I didn't say that. Are we having problems with the line? I didn't say Uh, that the statement I made had nothing to do with Brandon. Brandon, excuse me. It had everything to do specifically with the oil companies. As far as what Brandon did hey, I'm not focused on that. I'm focused on the oil companies and also focused on the um, the Saudis, who are not our friends, who have jacked up the global their production price to a, a market that's already in trouble because of Putin's war. So it's easy. It's easy to say, well, Brandon from Scranton is responsible for every bad thing that's happened over the last couple of years. That's a simplified view I'm not saying he's perfect because he has made mistakes but the reality is Putin's war the Saudis and their buddies in OPEC and and some other factors along with the apparent greed of global energy companies those are all bigger factors in my opinion in the high price of petrol
10: Okay, again, you left out the attitude of the left's view on fossil fuel. You left that out again. You didn't include it, Bob. You have to. You have no choice.
3: Oh, I I have a choice, and I choose to examine reality. That's my choice. I'm living in reality, baby.
2: Yeah, Yeah,
10: your job as a journalist is to dig and to report everything, not just what you want to talk about you got to talk about it all you really you don't have a choice Bob. we're going to hold you to it that is a big problem
3: well good luck with that i have a choice this is a program this is not this is not reporting this is a program of opinion listener opinions are heard and the host will occasionally weigh in with an opinion so the three hours of this program generally are opinion of course we do some actual news making interviews from time to time. But as far as observations about oil prices or about political situations, it's all opinion. And nobody is right and nobody's wrong. It's opinion.
10: Okay, well, you're still ignoring the fact the main reason while it all why it all began, Bob I mean, you guys can talk about it till you're blue in the face. You've got to mention that because that's the main cause
3: again your opinion I praise you for having an opinion okay everybody has one God gave every human eight billion people thanks be to God that God gave every person an opinion okay and I, I praise you for sharing your opinion thank you so much Mm-hmm. We are blessed. Yeah. We are blessed to hear your mm-hmm. opinion. <laughs> 1140, Bob Joseph live. What's your opinion? 607-772-1290. WNBF, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming at WNBF.com. Looking- UNBF Let's take some calls Shall we Let's go to Susquehanna Carolyn Susquehanna you're on
5: Yeah um, I I just wanted to comment On the fellow that just called Um, I just want to say Why why do we have All this on this earth The fossil fuels If we can't use them We have to use them why are they here on this earth if we can't use
3: them? And we are. I mean, look at us. We're using it like like uh like we've gone crazy. I it's amazing how many people I see driving like maniacs and and running around in vehicles that get less than 12 miles to a gallon. So you're right. We're we're Americans, we're proud, we're bold, and we're using all the resources given to us. As as though there is no tomorrow, so you're absolutely right,
4: well, that's right, we should use it. It's here on the earth for a purpose,
3: yeah, yeah, let's use it till it all runs out, and then we'll see what happens. We'll cross that bridge when it falls down. Pardon, I said yes, I agree with you,
5: yeah, oh, so oh,
3: oh no, of course, I agree with you. I'm the host. <laughs>
5: Okay. Well, I just wanted to comment on that okay. one thing. I'll call back another day okay. when I have more time.
3: Thank you, Jim and Owego, Good morning.
6: Hey. Good morning, Bob. Um, I uh, I wanted to talk about um, Donald Trump's announcement. When I was I I didn't hear the whole show this morning, but when you were talking to one of the guests, um, I I kind of wavered after the elections, thinking maybe DeSantis was possibly the the more advantageous to move to because he's, he has the same positions as Trump, but he's not as uh, controversial. But after listening to you and a couple of your guests and the vitriol toward uh, Trump and the sarcasm toward him, it made me want to vote for Trump again. Um, I didn't send somebody into Washington to get along. I wanted to upset the status quo. I want him to break up the elite cabal. I, um, if you remember when Trump came down the stairs of, of uh, Trump towers and all of the late night television hosts were mocking him saying he didn't have a prayer and have it says. And then if you remember um, leading up to the election, all the pundits were saying this guy has no chance to get him elected. Um, I think you, you sounded like a broken record this morning, uh, the way you were um, kind of making fun of him and, and stuff. And I think he's, he's, got a large following um, I
3: think you might well 19% 19% of the American public adults that is people over 18 who actually vote 19% can't be wrong
6: 19% where'd that number come
3: from I don't know it seems like a reasonable number given the fact that he's increasingly irrelevant the um, The sad thing the, is he- and, and I, I wasn't going to comment specifically on his message to the American people. Right. But uh, I will say this. What I observed last night was one of the lowest energy speeches this guy has ever given. I don't know what his problem is, but he's always criticizing, or not always, but has often criticized other people, including some of his political opponents, as being low energy. Last night's message was the epitome of low energy. Is he okay?
6: I didn't hear the whole thing, but it wasn't because he didn't put anybody down. Is that why you're saying it's low energy? Or?
3: it's a, yeah, that's part of it, but that's not the only thing. That I mean, he sounded low energy, and even the his fans over at Mar-a-Lago seemed low energy. I mean, yes, they applauded at the appropriate points, but the energy in the room was was lacking. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I you know in this in, and look. I feel for the guy because he's human, like all of us. But I, I couldn't help but, but feel badly for him from, from that extent because I don't know if he was just tired or discouraged or concerned. Um, and his his fans at Mar-a-Lago also didn't seem to have the usual pep and enthusiasm that they they often did. So I I don't know. That's just just what it seemed to me. But you know, maybe I was listening on the wrong station. It's 1148. This is Bob Joseph with a few thoughts every weekday morning from 9 to noon on News Radio, WNBF, 92 1 FM, 1290 AM, and always available on the free WNBF app. Finding great.
1: This point does it make?
4: Me, me. I've got
1: my spine,
4: I've got my orange me, me. I've Got my spine, I've got my orange free. I've had my
3: and now it's time WNBF, Bob I'm Joseph. Live at eleven fifty two, DJ in Binghamton. You're on.
4: Well, I
11: tried to tell them, but they didn't believe me. So, in twenty twenty four, there will be no more. We got a new president on the horizon, and as D. Snyder would say, "We're not gonna take it." would <laughs> meet as they say. Meet, meet,
3: as they say. At the butcher shop, meet the new boss, same as yeah. the old boss.
11: There you go. Why didn't you play that, Bob? Your bumper music. You need me in that studio playing that bumper music. The last man. thing Come I on, need,
3: I trust me, DJ, the last thing I need is you in the studio.
11: <laughs> oh, man, that would be so much fun. Well, you know, history repeats itself. Hey, Over you
3: know, one can years. dream. One can always dream and I'm not saying no, that you actually, I'm not saying you won't get your own, own talk show but it's not happening on News Radio I, WNBF
11: Bro I've had two TV ministries and a radio ministry not just not just one and I don't spin secular music I I won't will not play secular music But anyway uh just Christian music Um wouldn't it be interesting if Hillary is the opponent
3: <sighs> No actually it wouldn't
11: 2016. All no, over again.
3: Oh, I don't want. Wow. Hey, here's here's the thing for 2024 that I want to see. I want to see two brand new candidates representing the Democrats no. and the Republicans.
11: You're going to see history repeat itself, just like Grover Cleveland did. You're, all
3: you're right. Gonna see it all right. Morning. Well, thanks. Thanks for the heads up. WNBF, good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from?
12: Yes. Joe of Greater Ithaca would like to speak about greed.
3: All right, here we go. You're on the air. The topic
12: has been uh, about the oil companies. I'm just looking here at the airlines and see what happened with the airlines. Of course, we know, like, they let a lot of people go. They shut down a lot of the, a lot of the different flights. They put the aircraft aside, and, and now they're trying to ramp up again. Meanwhile, I'm saying October was 43% increase from last year, earlier, whatever, you know, and, and that. and I guess the airlines are making some money now that they didn't make before. The point is, we're in a we are not regul we are not regulated. Certainly not as much regulated as we used to be. And you take any any business, maybe a restaurant or whatever, barely got by. Some of them went out of business, and now now the uh, things have changed around. So the price they can charge whatever they want to, and they're getting it now. Is that greed or is it not? With it, I, I don't <clears throat> I don't see it as greed. I just see it as a a free free
3: enterprise well like it it's says great. on the back of of all u s currency all of our paper currency on the back it says greed is good well it, it
12: well i i don't think greed is good because but no
3: i didn't say i agree with it but that's the motto of this country
12: uh uh the, the uh no I, I don't i'm not saying greed is good i said that as an intro but Greed isn't greed is not what's going on. This is just uh, free enterprise. It's, it's like when you go to sell your house, how much you're going to sell it for? You're going to sell it for whatever price you can get.
3: Oh, I know, I know. Money talks. No one walks. Bob Joseph. It's Wednesday on WNBF for fifteen. 15- I'm Bob Joseph. I bid you a wonderful afternoon. I'll be back tomorrow morning right here at News Radio, WNBF, Binghamton, and WNBF.com.